All right, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. I know you believe that. You're not sure? If you believe, okay, say an amen. Amen. All right. Can we quickly take our declaration of understanding as we begin to study this evening? As we always do, one to let's go. Now I declare. Now I declare. The Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. What is entering my heart? It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 That prophetic word is coming for you this evening in Jesus' name. Amen. There are very few things that are sweet as knowing what is right to do at the right time. The Lord will tell you today. Amen. Every question in your heart will be answered. Amen. The questions that are relevant for this season, you will have clarity concerning Amen. them. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, have you, <laughs> this is so funny. You know, can be a young woman, eh? And you like a man, and they ask you to marry him. And he's a good man, he's in your church. We are not sure. You know, it's, it's, it's a difficult situation to be. If you don't like him now, it's not a problem. Tell him, I'm going to pray, hoping he'll get tired of your way praying. But this one, you're like, but suddenly your heart, you know, say, hi. I need to hear. Now, here in quotes now, well, let me put it like this. You have to be convinced. And how many times, I remember one lady I asked once, why didn't you agree to marry this person? Somebody I know very well, and the guy liked her like, eh? It took her a while, he said, he didn't just feel right. I just feel like this man, he can't handle me spiritually. So reluctantly, with much pain in her heart, she declined. But such things you do, you don't want to regret later. You do them with the conviction of the Spirit. Such conviction concerning an important decision to make, you will receive it today in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe you are watching us from afar. There's a new opportunity to move forward in your career or business or ministry. And you don't know exactly what to do. You don't want to miss God. I was talking to the man once. He loved the Lord. He said, I just want to be sure I'm doing what the Lord wants me to do. Important questions. For those who truly love God. So that word is going to come to you today. That you will know exactly what to do. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. It will happen that by the time we are done today. You wonder. It's so clear now. It's so clear now. Amen. You will make the right decision. Amen. And here another thing. You know, <laughs> some decisions will be made for you. Amen. The Lord, see. There are three doors open. You are praying. Prayers, you are praying. God will close one. Will close two. And leave only three. <laughs> what else are you waiting for? Do you realize that um, Peter and Co., after Judas disappeared, you know what I'm trying to say, when they wanted to make a decision concerning who would replace him, they didn't have to pray out of 120 people in the upper room. No. They chose out of how many? Just two. They chose out of two, Matthias and Joseph. That's all. They knew it had to be one of these two. Let's make a long story short. Assuming there are 120 they were trying to choose from. 
They had, God had closed one, two, three, four, five. He got to number eight. He said, hey, hold that one. That's Matthias. He continued until he got to number 120. He closed all the other ones. It became easier to cast lots when there are 120 people contending for APC presidential. You can understand how difficult it will be. <laughs> you understand? But when there are only two, it is either head or tail. And if it's only one, it is head. It's either head or head. Say, Lord, let's just pray that this one is your will. God, if God doesn't say anything, it is his will. That's what I mean. So some decisions will be made for you. The place we were thinking about before, that, ah, should I take this job? They call it that, sorry, the vacancy is no longer there. Uh-huh. You are still praying. You are not sure God wanted to live where you are right now. And I said, no, 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 those people, no, they said no. They are not employing now anymore. It's been made for you. But this is what we are trying to say. At the end of the day, you will do the right thing. Amen. And you will know it that is the right thing before the Lord. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats. Please, I know I've said it many times, but I need to say it again because it's very important. What impressed God about Abraham was faith, not sacrifice. What impressed God about Abraham was faith, not love. Now, please get this, get this point. All these things are correct, and they are good. Love is important. Sacrifice is important. What impressed God about Abraham was not self-denial. Self-denial is important. What impressed God about Abraham was not that he loved heavenly things more than earthly things. That's very important, but that was not what happened. Keeping your eyes set on the things in heaven is very crucial. Paul said that must be our portion. What impressed God about Abraham was not that he loved God so much he was willing to give God anything God would ask for. That is important. I mean, David did that. David gave everything. He didn't leave any material inheritance, really, for Solomon. He gave everything. That's like the money he saved up. He gave everything for the building of the temple. That's very important. There was a particular woman who came, had two mites, two silver coins. It's like in Naira of today. He said the person came to church with only 20 Naira. In Nigeria of today. And he gave it as an offering. And Jesus said she gave from, that is all she had to live on was that 29. She didn't have money for food beyond that. And Jesus was impressed and said she gave more than all the other people. So giving sacrificially, being willing to give God everything is important to the Lord. But that was not what impressed him about Abraham. I hope you're getting my point. Being neighborly to your neighbor. A man came to Jesus and said, which one of this is, what is the greater of the commandments? He said, love, love the Lord that God with all your heart. The second is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. He said, so who is my neighbor? And Jesus told the story, you know the story about the Levite, the priest, and the Samaritan. And the Samaritan saw the man that was wounded by the wayside, picked him up, took him to a clinic, let's put it like that, paid and left. Please take care of him. When I come back, if you need to spend more money, I'll give it to you. And Jesus was very impressed with that. And he taught people, he said, go and do likewise. What does that tell you? It's important. You help your neighbor. Don't forget what Jesus was trying to say. Your neighbor is not the guy that lives next door. Is any human being in need. So help that person. So it's important. 
when God gave Israel the laws of tithing, of keeping the tithe in the, the third year, in the storehouse was so that they could take care, amongst many other things, of strangers and the other forms of needy people. Very important. And Abraham did that. He entertained strangers, not knowing they were angels. He entertained them because he realized they were in need. So it's important, right? But that was not what impressed God with Abraham. So all these things we have said, you can see, in none of them did God jump up and say, by myself I have sworn, because of this thing you have done, in blessing I will bless you, I will make your name great. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. In the truth, you are blessed, all the nations of this earth will be blessed. All those things. He didn't say the burning of the wood that did these things. But one day, he uttered those words about Abraham. He's like, you know, I can just picture in my mind, you know, the way he was a, 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 an African like us. You know, the way we do like this. Mm, yeah, mm, mm, yeah, I swear. <laughs> your, your throat, you jump up. Why does God sit on the throne? No, he doesn't get tired, really. I'm just wondering. <laughs> just so for, to, for us to be able to relate to the fact that he's settled. All right? He doesn't sit out of tiredness. He sits because he's settled. All right? Mm-hmm. So he unsettled himself. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> And I say, hey, Abraham, this one you did. All these good works, God blessed them, people who did them. And we give reference to show that they're important to the Lord. When it came to Abraham, he did something different and is none of the above. And God got up and said, ha, I find a man like this, I will bless him. I find a man like this on this earth, surely by myself I have sworn. Know what it means by myself, I have sworn. If you are not blessed, I retired from Godship. That's the meaning of by myself, I have sworn. That nothing on this earth will shake it. If I have to create a new earth, if like let Vladimir Putin and Volodymyr Zelensky, you know, <laughs> the two of them have the same first name, just different dialects. Let them bomb everywhere with atomic bombs and reduce the earth to ashes. I will suspend you, create a new earth, put you back on it, and fulfill my word. In your life, I will specially watch over my word to perform it. That was the promise to Abraham. We have seen what was it that Abraham did. Contrary to what we will have thought, I mean, by natural human assessment, giving everything up for God is more important. But natural human assessment, self-sacrifice is more important. But that was not the issue with Abraham. What was the issue? God said something. And he built his life on it. That is summary. God said it, said it. He believed it. And that settled it. It's easy to say. It's common Pentecostal talk. Faith message talk. He said it, I believe it, he settles it. God said, yes, fine. Let's see whether you really mean it. So God said, this son, your only son, whom you love, go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering. The same one Paul was commenting on, on whom the promise was that in Isaac will your seed be. And let me tell you something about God there. Eh? <laughs> it doesn't seem like that was the greatest of the promises he made. Think about it. 
that you will have a son is a great promise. I don't know whether you're getting what I'm saying. Okay, like, come out, I will bless you. It's a great promise. That your wife will bear you a son is a great promise. It's very huge because think about it. She, she didn't conceive. Then at the age of 90, she had a child. That's serious. I'm going to say something. In the midst of many conversations, I think an average person would not have held that thing so powerfully that in Isaac will your seed be called. That's actually the literal thing. That is, your promises will be tied to the person Isaac. Of all the things that God has said, I don't think that was the weightiest, weightiest amongst the, the one we are considering it. Now, there's no way I'm saying this. If God says anything, now, he never jokes. There's nothing he says he doesn't mean, even if he said it in person. Let me give an example. When Jesus saw that tree, and he said to the tree, no one will eat from your fruit again. He didn't plan. Please get my point. It's not, ah, all my enemies. They have now possessed this tree. This tree has been possessed by Satan. The serpent of old. The dragon that wants to scuttle the plan of God. Peter, James, John, the rest of you, stay behind me. Watch with me for one hour because this tree must die. He didn't say anything like that. In the case of Lazarus, you know, he talked plenty. Your friend Lazarus is sick. I'm coming. I'm still preaching. Your friend Lazarus is sick. They say it's near death. That's the second message you are coming all the way from Bethany. And you know it's two days work out to reach here. I said, I'm still preaching. The seminar will end tomorrow. Uh, no, tomorrow evening. So we can only travel the day after tomorrow morning. Ah, a lot of conversation around the death of the sickness of Lazarus. He dragged and dragged. Then he got there. <laughs> Where have you laid my, my, my Lord? If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Where have you laid him? You know the whole story. Okay? And then the Bible said he was groaning himself. And he had said to them earlier, It's for your own good that I do not go now. Then he says, You just watch. I want you to believe. Then he got there, Father, I thank you because you heard me. And then did you hear me? See, conversation plenty. More than four days passed on the raising of Lazarus. Then he said to Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth. And it makes sense that, 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 that Lazarus should come forth. There's a lot of talk. <laughs> There's been a lot of gyration on the matter of Lazarus. It makes sense then to the common mind. But in the case of the tree, even though listen, Lazarus was harder than the tree, because a normal person can kill the tree. I, can, I could have killed that tree. I know how to kill it. That's what they call tree killer. The chemical, the way I would do it, the tree will die. Okay, so I know listen, Lazarus... <laughs> It's hard. Hey, bros, it's hard. It's not only hard, it's very hard. It's not just very hard, it's very, very, very excruciatingly, impossibly hard. We know. Technology will never get there. There are places that technology will never reach. In 110 million years, if Jesus does not return, there are places technology will never... Is Pastor Mark never said never? Hey, I can say that one. You burn the body to ashes, it comes back to life. Which technology... Even quantum physics will say, well, this is not what we mean by quantum. <laughs> so I know it's hard, but I'm trying to talk about the significance of, that is the, the amount of weight that he put behind it. In the case of the tree, he just got there and just looked. Hey, let's get something to eat here. 
There's nothing. Please, I want to put Nigerian behavior to it. Nonsense. No tree. Waka you. And then he left. But instead of saying waka, he said, no one will eat from your fruit again. And he walked away. It was trivial. It looked insignificant as a statement. It looked like a statement just made out of anger or frustration. The kind of thing you would do. You've been waiting on the road for some time. And the bus won't come to carry you. And you just say that, huh, these buses are useless. Oh. And you don't expect anything to come from it. Do you follow my point? I tell you that's all Jesus said to that tree. And the tree respected itself, obeyed the Son of God, because the Father has said, this is my beloved Son. Listen to him. The whole creation had been instructed. You, you, are you getting my point? Yeah, oh, they had been instructed, they had been instructed. Why do you think the ways were responding? They had been instru- the whole creation had been instructed. So they listened carefully for the words that he uttered. Bear it in mind. The amount of spiritual power you don't have is reflected by how much nonsense talk you talk. Do you understand? Hear it The amount of spiritual power you don't have, you are not walking in, is reflected by the amount of useless talk that comes out of your mouth, which even you don't expect to come to pass. You tell your son that we kill you today. It's obvious. You are not serious. If God knows you are not serious. You know you are not serious. Even the devil will not kill the boy because he said the guy is not serious. That you, everybody knows there is no power. That's why nothing obeys you. A man who's been telling his son, you will die today. He now said that um, his party, Rain wants to stop it, wants to spoil it. He has canopies outside. Breeze began to blow. And now God said, we are going to stop the rain. This rain, I, spoke, I speak to you in the name of Jesus. Stop. Rain said, if I stop, your son will die. If I stop, your son will die. Let me just fall so that all of us will know your words are not powerful. If I stop, your business will collapse. I know the things you have said about your own business. If I stop, nothing good will remain in your house. So let me just fall. Let the whole world, your wife will know, your children will know, your friends will know that there's no power in your words. So what they cause, you know, they cause them sins. They don't go fear. But if I stop now, you won't have friends again because you don't cause all of them die. Like one man of God said that after Peter saw that tree, he looked at the tree. He looked at Jesus. He said, Baba, I need share you. Who understands you over here? Nobody. How am I preaching in Enugu? <laughs> you know? You know what that means? Yes. Literally, it means, ah, sir, may we not offend you. But actually, the way it comes out is a bit more powerful than that. That this year, like, hey, this man, if I offend him, small, I'm dead. So I can imagine Peter started thinking that, did he ever tell me I would die soon? Because. <laughs> now, please, I hope I get my point here. That is, for Jesus, there was no trivial word, there was no casual word, there was no joke. Everything he said came to pass. 
So I can imagine that for that reason, he had to watch his words all the time. One of the reasons why he could control his anger was that he understood the significance of his anger. That even when he was being arrested, he could utter a word and everything would stop. I hope you're getting my point. He needed the power of God to control himself, not to destroy the soldiers that came to take him. And you saw the manifestation when, he, when they asked him, who, when, when he asked them, who are you looking for? And he said, Jesus of Nazareth, he said, it is me. What happened? He fell backwards. So they didn't catch him. He gave himself up. Now, please, I know where I went to do that. So God doesn't joke. Any scripture you read, just examine that. Did God really say this? I mean, like, you know, the Bible doesn't contain only the word of God. Satan also talks inside this there. <laughs> you know, he spoke about Job. Satan said a lot of things. He talked to Eve. As God really said. It was not God that said, as God really said. <laughs> so once you find something that is God speaking, especially to you, please, if you don't understand it, just leave it first. Because it has power. It has power. God doesn't joke. He doesn't have the ability to joke. You know, when, it's, when the Bible says God cannot lie, it was not a matter of moral discipline. You understand that? It wasn't moral discipline. It was an incapacitation compelled upon him because of too much power. I hope you're getting my point. Why can't he lie? Because even if he lies, the lie becomes a truth. It becomes a truth. If he says, Who's in down there? You ask God. And he says, Nobody. That's if you look again, the chair has vanished. That is the person has vanished. And I wanted to joke with you. So that I don't vanish my son. If you say who's sitting down, he'll just tell you who's sitting down there. Because if he says nobody, if he loses, that guy is a frog. That's it. His life is being frogged. Little by little. That guy starts changing until he becomes like a frog. So when he says God cannot lie, it's not because he's morally disciplined. It's because he's too powerful. He's too powerful. He's too powerful. Once he utters it, everything will make sure they cooperate. So, what should have been false becomes true. Please, I hope you're getting what I'm saying. So, there's no trivial word with him. Now, let's get back to Abraham. So, when God was speaking to Abraham, there were other things Abraham could have thought he was leaning emphasis on. More importantly than the fact that the promise will be manifested through Isaac. But because everything God said was important. So the day God said to Abraham, go and sacrifice Isaac, he remembered that he said along the line that my covenant will be with Isaac. And in Isaac will your seed be called. Uh-uh. So he did his mathematics. Isaac, I give him up as a bond offering. In Isaac will my seed be called. Now, get my point. It did not cross, now I want to say this and I mean it categorically. It did not cross his mind that what God said would not come to pass. It did not cross his mind that what God said wouldn't come to pass. When he said, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee, have you heard that one before? And Abraham laughed. Have you remember you remember that story? There was a time Abraham laughed. You know why he laughed? Now, this is a common thought. The Abraham laughed because they how ridiculous. How ridiculous. 
God, have you forgotten how old I am? You know, forget me, me, I'm even okay. The woman you're talking about, you know exactly how old she is. Come on, come off it. You know the way he's speaking. Come on, modern Americanized English. Come off it, God, be real. Use Ishmael. You've heard that before. So God, Abraham said to God, please use Ishmael. He never said anything like that. He never did. Go and read it well. He never did. Time will not allow me now to go and start teaching on that. What happened was that God said to him that your wife will indeed bear you a son. And my covenant will be with him. He now said to God, what? Oh, the Bible says that what? Abraham. Abraham did what? Answer me now. Are you afraid? Or you don't know what he said? Abraham jumped. Abraham did what? He laughed. Then the next thing he said was what? Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. Then we made up our mind that he was saying, God, use Ishmael. He never said that. What did he say? Answer it. Oh, that Ishmael might live. That's what he asked. And what did God say? As for Ishmael, I have heard. You know why he had to pray that prayer? Because he realized that Ishmael was going to die. So he prayed for Ishmael, that Ishmael would not die. And God said, as for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will also bless him too because he's your son. He will become a great nation. If you read some Bibles, they will say, eh, and God said, no. No, he didn't say so. That word no, is, let's just read it. You know, I've just been quoting and quoting. For those who don't know it, I mean, some people may hear this for the first time. Let's just quickly get the, the book of Genesis. Of course, you know that's where it is. So when he said, oh, that Ishmael might live before you, he wasn't talking about um, um, taking over the promise. No. When he said, Ishmael might live before you, we read from uh, verse um, 15 of, the, of Genesis chapter 17, verse... Okay, okay, let's just, for time's sake, let's continue with that 15. Then God said to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife... Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I'm going to jump a few verses, all right? I will bless her, and indeed I will give you a son by her. He now said in verse 17, Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed, and said in his heart, Will a child be born to a man a hundred years old? And will Sarah, who is ninety years old, be a child? And God said to, and Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. But God said, now, next word you see is what? Now, if, what, what's the next word? Shout the one that's your own. God said what? And God said what? I'm waiting for, no, I just want that one word. I want everybody, what version do you have? Who has NIV? Eh? What does NIV say? <laughs> I was waiting, why didn't you talk? And he kept quiet. You, you are not sure you can read. I was waiting for, I said, but just read your own out. Mrs. Dude, what does your own say? Yes. Have you seen? That's what I was waiting for. Some of you said no. NIV said yes. You know why? Because God said none of the above. <laughs> People just inserted that one in according to what the point they thought he was making. Literally, what he just said is that. And God said, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. 
and I will establish my covenant with him by an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. Verse 20. Everybody read it out together. I will bless him, and I will make him fruitful, and I will multiply him exceedingly. He shall become the father of twelve princes, and I will make him a great nation. Let's stop reading here. So you can see the answer, therefore, is what? Yes, not no. That was why I and I put the word yes. Because he said, as for Ishmael, I have heard you. So what Abraham asked concerning Ishmael was done. He did not offer Ishmael as a replacement for Isaac. He did not offer Ishmael as a replacement for Isaac. He made intercession for Ishmael because he realized that the coming of Isaac was going to eliminate Ishmael. He understood it. Because Ishmael was there, his son. Everybody assumed a covenant would go with him. And it was unusual. Okay? According to the order of things, firstborn should get it. Ishmael was the firstborn. God is now telling him there's going to be a son after. So Abraham understood instantly that that first one was going to die. That was why he offered the prayer. Now, I'm going somewhere. It did not cross Abraham's mind that what God promised wouldn't happen. God told him, I will establish my covenant with Isaac in verse 21. So by the time God came later and said to him, go and offer him as a bond offering, it did not cross his mind for one moment that what God said wouldn't happen. You know, many of us will say that, and that's where I understood it before too. You know, he didn't tell, you know, you have to be wise. You have to be wise. Some of you men, if you are the one God said you're going to sacrifice your son, you go and tell your wife that we are about to go and sacrifice your only son, and then there will be trouble in the house. There will be no trouble. Sarah doesn't make trouble. Sarahs of this life don't make trouble. Some people just think that every woman is like them. <laughs> Rebellious. Sarah said something to Abraham once. She was right. She did not repeat it. Abraham was not afraid of her trouble. He knew Sarah. She was not a troublemaker. Some people believe that Isaac was having a small boy. The father, no. I said, it's because you think you're Isaac. You're not Isaac. You've been disobeying your father since you were 12. Since you were 10. No, sorry. Since you were 2. Isaac didn't understand how to disobey his father. When the father told him, lie down. All his life, he had obeyed the instructions of that man. In my own little way now, if I tell my children now, lie down here. They will lie down first. I wonder, what are you up to? And they were lying down. No? You have to understand what they call absolute trust. This guy, he trusted his father. He's not, you know, say it's wisdom. He used wisdom. You think it's in our generation where everybody's crooked? Everybody deceptive. Wife, husband, account my husband does not know about. No. He didn't try to deceive Sarah. When he said, I am the lad who are going to worship and return. It wasn't deception. It was calculation. It was not deception. It was calculation. You saw the promise. In Isaac, he said, my covenant will be with Isaac. In Isaac will your seed be called. And I said, go and sacrifice him. So he wait. Now, I'm going to emphasize something. 
It did not cross his mind that what God said would not happen. So that was why he reasoned. It was reasoning that God would have to raise him from the dead. Because to him, if you don't raise him from the dead, how will the promise be fulfilled in Isaac? He understood that in Isaac will your seed be. He knew that Isaac was not the real promise. All of us, I believe, will not understand it now. There's a child that is coming. There is a son that is coming later. He had to be a son of Isaac. Isaac was not even married. So that's why he reasoned that God would have to raise him from the dead. What are we saying all of these things? For Abraham, if God said it, he settled it. So God tested that thought. That, he tested that faith. He tested that. And said, Abraham, oh yeah, go. Go and do it. And when the... Now, listen, God didn't doubt it. Too. He wanted to show you. He wanted to show me. He wanted to show it to the devils. They can't see. He wanted to show the angels. They couldn't read Abraham's intentions. They couldn't read his faith. He wanted to demonstrate to Jupiter to Mars, to Neptune, to the planets, seriously, to all the heavenly bodies, that Abraham will do this. It's what the Bible calls the demonstration of his righteousness. So God said, okay, go and do it. So as he brought that, raised that hand up, and the hand was on the path of no return, God said, it is done. Stop. So for Abraham, if God said it, he did what? He settled it. And that was why God was impressed. When Abraham put his hand, and that hand was on that point of no return, God said, all of you can now see. You can now see. And God said, for this thing that you have done, by myself, I have sworn. And what are we talking about again? What was that thing he did? He built his life. He made all his decisions based on everything that God said. The weighty ones, the light ones, the ones God swore, concerning the one just God said in passing. You know, for God, it doesn't matter whether he swear or not swear. Once he don't talk him. Once he has said it, it's concluded. The swearing is for you and me. So that you will take him seriously. It was concluded. That's why he said, by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. Abraham beat his life on what God said. I know what God said. Like, I like the way he said in Isaiah chapter, I think, 66. So to this one, I will look at the one that's contrite of spirit and does what? Trembles at my word. Who trembles at my word? And the ones that I say, it, eh, was that what he said? You're about to jump the gutter. Your one leg is in the air. He said, God said, that shall not jump across the gutter. He said, he said so. You put the leg back. In that case, let's find the covert. So I will say, he's in the gutter. Okay, what, what if, we, if we jump now, will he reduce his godship? Let's jump first. We'll tell him sorry. You know, that attitude irritates the Lord. The Lord hates that attitude. Always trying to explain the way things, even though it's clear that this is what he said. You want to use science to prove that God needs to go and read. And I know the Bible says so, but. See, what you should be praying for is more understanding. So that you will know exactly what he's saying to you. You will know instructions that are for you, that you are supposed to obey. And once you find it, you will listen. When I was a, a cop at that time, don't remember why I said one guy said something. He thought he was insulting me, but he didn't know for me that was a compliment. He said, The way we Christians, the way we behave, the way we behave, he doesn't understand. And it was cold season that time. 
He said, because now it's very cold now. And you need to wear a sweater. And you now you not come and say that if, if the Bible says, no, don't wear a sweater. You guys, you, you, you just refuse to wear it. Even though you can see the cold and you have the sweater. So I was waiting for the insult. Then he stopped. I said, oh, that's all. I didn't remember the guy's name, Vic. I said, eh, Vic, let me tell you something. I would rather freeze to death than wear that sweater. He said, that's what I'm talking about. I said, ah, better be talking about it. Now, so will be. Because I said, ah, what? You think? You know, I was waiting for the insult. Oh, that's all you want to, ah, to me. I was so happy. So some people know we are this stupid. Praise God. They know we are this foolish. Then Jesus says it. We will obey it even if it doesn't feel good to us. Haba. I felt good that day. I won't lie to you. I said, Jesus, we have small testimony. We will not be the best people on this earth, but see testimony. See testimony. They said if you say something, we will refuse to do the opposite. Even if the opposite is, it feels good to us. What we need in life is clear instruction. So I won't be in doubt whether the Lord said it or we are just listening to other voices. The knowledge of his will is what we need. Because once we find it, we must build our lives on it. I like to quote Eric Prince again here. He said, all God's provisions are where? In his promises. So when God wants to give you something, he doesn't bring it. You know what he does? He speaks it. The Bible says God blessed them. He made them male and female. Male and female created them. Then he blessed them and gave them money. He blessed them. And give them houses. He blessed them and give them children. Was that what he said? What did he say? He said to them. He blessed them and said to them, be fruitful. Multiply. I, I pray we get it. That's how God does things. He says it. Be fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth. Have dominion. I, I, he, he just says it. If at the point he told Moses, Say to Aaron and, and his sons, thus you will bless the sons of Israel. You shall do what? You shall give them money. Was that what he said? You shall give them connection. I've seen people travel to come and see me. They want me to help them with connection. I said, you are really foolish. I didn't remember that young man. When he finished talking that day, I said, what do you want? Please, you've taken a bit of my time. What do you want me to do? He said, I need accommodation. And I need connection for my business. And I said, oh, foolish Galatia, you traveled by 100 kilometers to come, to come and see somebody that the only connection between you and him is that he preaches the word of God to you. And you, what you want is a material blessing. So this guy, you don't, don't have sense. If somebody understood something, he says, sir, I wanted to tell me something. I, I mean, of course, a number of you behave like that, but it's a particular brother. <laughs> if, we talk, if he calls me and we are talking on the phone, when we are done, you know, like, about to end the conversation. Okay, now have a blessed day. His amen is louder than the rest of the conversation. Anything I have said that day, we've been just we'll be laughing. The amen is supposed to be close a conversation. Such a young man should have said, "Sir, give me a word." And Allah said to him, "The Lord will open doors for you. It will be well with you." He tried. I said, "Yeah." Hey. So all the words I've been preaching to you, I asked him. They don't have mango, pineapple. Where you are coming from? I told him like that. What's wrong with you? You travel to come and ask me for accommodation. You want to move to Enugu? Because you live in this city. He said, these people don't have sense. Some people, they don't understand anything. When God wants to bless you, God said to Moses, he said, thus you shall say to Aaron, 
that this is how you will bless the sons of Israel. You will say to them, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. You say that to them, then I will return and act on their behalf. That's what God said. How does he bless people? He utters words. He said, I saw you in your blood. No father, you have been abandoned. No mother. You were not even clean. Newborn baby. The most helpless, it has been shown, of all, cre- of all babies on this earth, the human baby is the most helpless. If you born my God, say, if you know my God, immediately they, they know how to move and find food. If a goat gives birth to baby goat, what's the name for baby goat? Kid, okay, good. <laughs> Within a few minutes, the kid has strengthened his legs, and mama goat is going forward, kid is following. And when Mama Goat kid is hungry, we charge at Mama Goat, locate the other, and then begin to suck. And you see Mama Goat trying to walk away. Goat. As a lizard, he lays the eggs in the sand and walks away. Doesn't even care, like the Bible says, whether anybody will trample on it. And one small lizard wakes up, comes out of it, instantly knows which ants to eat, which ants to eat. But human baby, no. You give birth to it there, they will cut the cord, wipe the baby clay, all of it, and the way is music. The ears of the midwife, the ears of the mother, eat now, can't find the breast. All you can do, you can put that baby beside one gallon of milk, and it will starve to death. Put that baby two inches away from the nipple of the mother. He will die of hunger. Very helpless. You have to put the nipple in his mouth. That is the only thing he cannot do. Okay. If you bring it out, nah, nah. move now. <laughs> Yet God saw that kind of baby. He didn't carry him. He said, leave. And walked away. God didn't carry the baby. See? The little baby in the cradle. No, 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 no. I saw you in your blood and said, leave. Go and read Ezekiel 16. That's all. Once he said, leave, life began to cooperate. A stranger will find the baby. A stranger will pick the baby. That stranger will suddenly have the ability to take care of the baby. The word leave will bring help. The word leave, immunization, whether they give up, they don't give up. That baby will not die. Can he say something? That when he was, because when he was older, when the Lord appeared to him, he said, my angels have watched over you since you were a child, since you were a baby. Then can he say he realized something? Everybody will have measles, chicken pox, that he will sleep in the same bed with his brother that had measles, he never got it. He will sleep in the same bed with his, um, his brother that had chicken pox, he never got it. It was then he understood that God said, no, my angels watched over you. All God did was say, leave. Listen, if God tells you leave, and you foolishly enter the express road, and do that and go to the truck, and don't go to the truck, jams you. You know the truth? You still will not die. You look down, good driver. God said, leave. You close your eyes. Don't worry. You will wake up later. 
God can say that I will break two hands for that foolishness. But you will be alive. You know that's it. So when God wants to protect you, he won't say, I give you a gun. This is how to cock it. This is how to aim at the enemy. He will say, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Every mouth that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. He says that and he walks away. And he expects you to take that word like a shield. So when guns are raised against you, close your eyes so that your heart will not fear. And then repeat those words. No weapon that is fashioned against me shall prosper. No weapon that is fashioned against me shall prosper. That, that, you see, God has, he will solve his problem. Let me leave like, after that is his problem. So what impresses God is the person who says, this is what God has said. I'm building my life on it. When I was thinking about today, you know, I've been saying that we'll talk about this in more details. And I remember the song. So I said we must sing it. Everybody take a piece of paper. We are going to rise up and we are going to sing. Hey, please play for us. Start playing while we are sharing paper. That's what God wants from us. That's what he wants. enough. Some of us can share. Everybody. Let's rise to our feet. I, I need one here. Do we know this song? I remember it today. I said, no, we have to sing this. This is what God wants from us. Listen, God takes his glory in the midst of adversity. How come you know about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Was it not because of the fiery furnace? If they were eating Babylonian food, you would never have read about them. The reason you know about them is what? Adversity. So in the midst of adversity, look for his promises. That's when I want to show his power in us. Let's bear that in mind. What we are supposed to do is, whatever he says, let's stand on it. Once he has spoken, once he has spoken, let's hear it what? Twice. There's a reason, look, when Paul said, faith comes by hearing and hearing, that's what he was trying to say. That was, that was what he was trying to say. Hearing and hearing does not mean we hear it again and again and again. That's the common teaching. That hearing and hearing means to hear and hear and hear. No. Hearing and hearing is, 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 is a Hebrew way of talking, double emphasis. Once they say something twice, it shows you the importance. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing means that faith comes by paying attention like our lives depend on it to whatever God says. I hope you're getting my point. So once he has spoken, twice I have heard. That's what it means. That once he speaks, that's my life. I will struggle to obey it if I have to. I will meditate on it until obedience is normal to me. That's what it means. So that's what I want to see. Blaze, are you ready? Okay. So we'll let you play small, then we'll join you. We all know the song. Okay, I'm going to be the one to lead it. 
that's what the Lord wants from us. Let's go. Let's just take a moment and give the Lord thanks for his promises. Just give thanks for the promises are abundant. Great and precious promises, Peter called them. By them we become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is the world by lust. What's our escape? His promises. <laughs> Where's our escape? His promises. How is our escape? His promises. Let's thank God for those promises. While you are giving thanks, please open your Bible to the book of Psalms, number 23. We are going to read those promises together. Let's open our Bibles to Psalm 23. These are the promises of God. In the midst of adversity, in the midst of lack, in the midst of danger, in the midst of troubles, He has given us a word. You run by His word. That's how you do. You run by His word. His promises, they are your shield. His faithfulness is your protection. When we talk about God's faithfulness, that means he has promised something. And you can hope in that promise. What does it mean to hope? It doesn't mean to wish. It means to have expectation that something good will happen to me because he promised. I will get to an expected end. What's that? Whose expectation? His expectation. Which I make sure my own expectation aligns with. Let's open to that book of Psalms, chapter 23. It's one that we know very well. Psalm 23. Are you there? Even if you are not there, I know you know it by heart. <laughs> it was last week, some people were saying that I learned as adults. I said, ah, did you grow up in this shrine? <laughs> we learned this as, as children. All right, the Lord is good. Do you, know, I, I, do you know I know it in Yoruba? Even though I don't speak Yoruba well. I know Yoruba very well. Don't come and insult me, Yoruba. I think I won't hear. I know it well. I'm just going to say that conversing in it is not as easy for me as it was when I was younger. I've lived outside Western Nigeria for so long that, um, I, I, you know, but I can recite this one for you in Yoruba language. Oluwa ni olishwa agutomi. Ah, no, no. that's how we learned it. It's something you must know. If you have not known it before, go, learn it in all the languages you speak. Some of you will learn it in English and in Pidgin English. Those are the two languages you speak. <laughs> you will learn it in, of course, if you speak Igbo, you must learn it in Igbo. But some people, they only speak English and Pidgin English. That's not, are, you, are you a Nigerian? If you speak only English and Pidgin, without your nationality. You need Nin. Without, without your Nin, we are not giving you food. <laughs> The Lord is good. And really, if you're in Nigeria, of all the 200 languages, now learn one now. Let me just try. Learn one. Hmm? The Lord is good. Psalm 23. Are we there? Now, I want to let's go. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. 
He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. As a matter of fact, the Lord is your shepherd. That's why you will not lack. The, the, the reason you will not lack is because the Lord is your shepherd. Amen. The reason you will not be in want is because the Lord is your shepherd. Amen. It's not because you are strong. It's not because you are well educated. It's not because you live in a prosperous country. No, the reason why you will not lack is because the Lord is your shepherd. Amen. Therefore, say it again. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Therefore, Therefore, I shall not want. I shall not. Say like you believe it. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Therefore, 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 because he's my shepherd, Therefore I, shall not want. Therefore, I shall not want. He's the one that makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. No matter the troubles of life, no matter all the causes for anxiety, He will keep me at rest. He will restore my soul. He will lead me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. Now say this, even though I walk the valley of the shadow of death, no matter how dangerous things might be, I prophesy to my soul, I will fear no evil. For the Lord is with me. His rod and His staff, they comfort me. He prepares the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Listen, tell those who are always waiting for enemies to die that they don't have to die before you enjoy your life. Eh? You know, let's see, life responds to your faith. Though. If your neighbors are all witches and they're in covens and you're praying every day for them to die, they'll be showing up in your dreams. Birds will fly, you know, how? They will send an owl to your window. It will shout, woo, 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 and they'll be looking at you, they those big eyes. You can't sleep again. They will drive you mental because you chose to be fighting. I'm going to learn the proper way, the higher way. Say, if all my neighbors are witches, do I look like they are a problem? Just a matter of fact that he prepares the people before me in the presence of my enemies. So that I'm going to sleep. Any owl that jumps over your fence is a normal owl. It's, you know, birds fly around, you know. It's not, stop behaving as if you are so important. Every owl is looking for you. Are you a zoologist? <laughs> Some people are feeling so important. And then, then, then they came. Who came? The owls in the neighborhood. You are not running for president. Why are they coming? <laughs> oh, the Lord is good. Say it again. Do I walk the valley of the shadow of death? I will fear no evil. For the Lord is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. He has prepared a table before me. In the presence of my enemies. He has anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Say like this, I'm blessed. Say that is, I'm blessed. I'm just blessed. 
I'm blessed in the morning. I'm blessed at noonday. I'm blessed at night. I'm blessed at midnight. I'm just blessed. Yeah, that's what it means. He has anointed my head with oil. That's what I mean. He has appointed me for, his, for, his, for my destiny. He has put grace upon me. Abundance of grace. Paul said, he will make all grace abound towards you. You will have all sufficiency in all things. And do what? Abound to every good work. That's the meaning of my cup overflows. It overflows. Now let's read verse 6 together again. Surely. Now, wait, wait. I like that word, surely. I like the word, surely. Let's say it at least three times. Surely. Another one. Surely. Another one. Surely. That's it. That is, we're not doubting it. You know what? The way we share grace here, if you know, we have that surely inside. Yeah. We say, because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. No, how do we say it again? And that's how it is now. Uh-huh, yeah. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. It says, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. That's the way it is. Miles Morrow says, goodness is the name of an angel. That mercy or loving kindness is the name of another angel. They've been ordered to follow you around. They've been ordered to follow you around. That's why he says, surely, goodness and mercy or loving kindness will follow me. Let's read together. One, two, let's go. Surely, goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Say amen. Amen. Let's say amen. Amen. If you believe that, give me an amen. Amen. We are standing on that promise, therefore we cannot fall. The Spirit's word is coming to us. We are standing on that promise, we will not fall. We are resting in our Savior. We are resting all that we have in Him. These are the words of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord to us. Thus says the Lord to his children, I am your shepherd. I will supply all your needs. That's it. Don't worry. Just know that he's supplying all your needs. We've been talking about fear. This is what removes fear. I said it last time, stop talking about the problems. Talk more about the Lord. Let people not gist you too much about that. Let them talk about the Lord. Please let me beg you. Look for testimonies of divine supplies. And read them and enjoy them. Jesus was, you know, he had a multitude with him. He needed to eat. He had twelve, um, five loaves and two fish. And he fed, fed multitudes. And it was remarkable. It was a, something they used to refer to. Say eh, that was before he fed. The, you know, that was where he. Do you, you see the Bible referred to it again? And it was remarkable. It was not a joke. I read a Bible commentary long ago. I don't know why some people call themselves Bible commentators. They don't believe the Bible. They said all Jesus did was persuade people to share. I said you must be funny. And they was reading the Bible and they didn't know he presented to share. They said all we have is this boy's lunch. And they said make them sit down. And then they gathered after they have shared it and brought it to the Lord. What kind of, you know, why do, why do we talk stupidly? Just keep quiet if you don't have what to say. Just keep quiet. The fact is that he broke bread and kept on breaking bread and he kept on breaking bread. And he kept on breaking bread. And the bread did not finish until everybody had eaten. 
Listen, I've heard testimonies like that. The man who taught us when we were young said he had rice in his house. They kept on having visitors. They kept on having the bag of rice did not finish. And people were eating, were eating and they were eating. And then one day his wife, like, ah, this rice won't you finish? That day it finished. The day the woman opened her mouth and said, ah, this bag of rice, will, we, will you not finish? Because they had eaten it for so long, the woman was beginning to wonder, Abami rice with it. You know what's Abami? You know, Fela used to call himself Abami. That means a strange creature. Uh-huh. We cannot strange rice are we eating in this house. The thing did not agree to finish. Until the woman said, ah, ah, it is enough. She continued to pour the oil on the axe son. Bring me another jar. She said, the oil stopped. That's what, that day, she opened her mouth, it stopped. God supplies supernaturally. He supplies supernaturally. Yes, he supplies supernaturally. He does. Tell those stories. If you don't have any story to tell, tell the one in the Bible. Tell the one in the Bible. If you have no story to tell, tell the one in the Bible. It's not folk tale that Jesus fed the multitude. It's not a joke. That Israelites ate for all those years with manna that was falling from heaven. It's not a joke. One of the things the Lord has helped me to understand is that material you know, supplies is not because of where you are or who you are. So you are rich, money will come. No, there's nothing like that. I have, if Look, if I see 500 naira in my hand, I thank God for it. If I'm able to give somebody money, I thank God for it, for the ability. Because it's God that's, that, that's at work within me, both to will and the ability to do is supplied by him. We are resting on his promises. Like I said last time, the world is trying to teach us not to rest on his promises. We sit down and learn how to save for retirement. Why don't you believe God that you will not have to retire? Is that not what he said in Psalm 92? Let's read that one. Next promise. Let's go to Psalm 92. We are going to read his promise concerning health. Himself took our infirmities and our diseases. And by his stripes we have been healed. Healing is not an accident. Listen, there's a way God wants his children to, to walk. There are different ways to walk in life. There's a natural way of walking. In which if you don't, if you don't eat enough vitamin C, you will have scurvy. In which if you don't have enough protein, you have pashoko. If you don't have enough of everything, you lose weight completely. You have marasmus. If you don't have, go out in the sun enough or eat enough milk, you will have low vitamin D levels and they accompany problems with bone and predisposition to tumors. And you may catch COVID and die. You know, stuff like that. So, you start working hard. So have you drank milk? Go out in the sun. Those are not evil things. They are natural things. I hope you're getting my point. But when the spirit comes, that's what I'm talking about. There's what is called the spirit of life. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That's what I want you to understand. There's what is called the spirit of life. And when the spirit will come and say, how is your vitamin D level? Say, I'm not sure. You touch you. You have enough. You open your Bible before you started reading. You're tired. You're hungry. You finish reading. You're full. 
and you didn't eat natural food. Yes, there's a realm of that. There's a realm like that. It, see, this world, we think advancement of, in science is a blessing. Much of it is a problem. Much of it is a problem. I can stand here and teach you at least a hundred causes of fever in the next five minutes. It's, as I, I, no, it's very simple. I'll just divide the organs, divide the system, different, different kind of diseases. We'll classify diseases into about generally about seven groups for each organ. I just take like six organs. Just which I sharp, 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 sharp. Oh, don't give me fever. No, Jesus never told us a kind of fever. He didn't tell us a kind of fever. He would just touch the person. Whether or not your, your fever is leukemia or not malaria, it's going. Whether the headache is ordinary migraine or stress or tumor, it's going. It's only when Jesus has not jammed you that you stay there. That day I was just praying. I said, Lord, who did you encounter I did not heal? This one that we're always telling stories. Take us to that level where every one of our afflictions will be healed. Because everyone that encountered Jesus, he healed. I mean, you read your Bible. I mean, did I write your scriptures? They asked him, what did, he not, what did she not eat that this one was born blind? Because he said, we have things for you to eat. I teach people, see, I know, the, I know all the theories. You know, I'll be telling you, some of you don't believe me because I preach like this. See, this guy, if you say you know book, the way I know, I know book, pass it. In that, what did you study? You did biology up to SS3. Now, you won't let me talk again. All the biology lent to SS3. Let me just warn you now. It's not up to 1% of the human function, how it works, that I know. I know I'm well worth. So when I'm talking like it's not stupidity that's my problem. Is I know more than that. I know another realm. I know what we tell people to ask. It, it, it takes folic acid if you are expected to get pregnant because I know all of those things too. But you know what I found out? Sarah did not know it. <laughs> Some people have tried to make everything look like uh, those days they used to eat in a particular way. It's not true. By the time Daniel, Mishael, Ananiah and Azariah sat down and did that test. The Babylonians knew Buko. So it had to be a real test for them to take just simple food, vegetables alone. I've heard people say that, you know, they understood that when you have low caloric and all low, low, it's a lie. That thing was a miracle. Don't try and commonize it. It was a miracle. It was a miracle. It was a miracle. I mean, even if it was just a matter of diet, 10 days. For real diet to work in this time, for them to have their manifestation in 10 days, the spirit possessed them. The spirit came upon them, touched their bodies, made them well. Sometimes we know so much science, we tell the Holy Spirit, go and wait outside. Listen, no matter what is causing your fever, we cause it to die. Amen. If it's cancer, die. Amen. If it's leukemia, die. Amen. If it's a heart disease, die. Amen. But you, according to the word of the Lord, live. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Psalm 92. I was doing so one man again today in my, by my car. Uh, 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 very beautiful message. 
Actually, it was Andrew Womack that preached that, preached that message. He said that if you are willing to settle for less than God's best, you will. I listened to Derek Prince long ago teach. I, I read the, no, okay, I first read the transcript and I listened to the message. How to get God's best. So what is number one key to get God's best? Say, I want it. He said, if you want to have God's best, number one key is you must want God's best. I say all the time, stop making excuses for Satan. You forget something, say, you know I'm growing old. Why do you prophesy rubbish? You know why I forget things? I have many things on my mind. That's all. You can't have the number of things I have to do on your mind. And you won't forget one or two things. It's possible to not forget, but when I forget, that's my first excuse. It's not that like, you know I'm growing old. What nonsense old? Am I the first person to grow old? Abraham was not old. Was Moses not old? See, small, small boys, they're just 60. They say they are old. Small, small boys, 75. They say they are old. Say, Pastor Bank, you call them small boys? Yes. Once you have not reached, at 75, God will just call it some people. So why are you, why are you not feeling? Well, just because you are older than us, you want to oppress us. See, I'm a young man. I'll be a young man for a very long time. I only I'll qualify for I'm no longer young at 101. And I say we old men. At 99, we young men, my God. Some of the Bible says the youth will die at the age of 100. So if the person dying at 100 is youth, who am I at 99? Am I not youthier than him? Listen, we're not saying business are natural, we are saying they are spiritual. But it's what the Bible calls the days of heaven on earth. That's why we, we have to believe God for it. I keep on saying old age is not a disease. It's only allowed to make you wise. It's not allowed to make you weak. And there are enough stories where I've seen, evidences these days I've seen. Men at the age of 80, they are jogging all over the place. You forget something, nightmare, you walk to one and collect it. And somebody's only seen, they 58, they like this, you know, my back, your back. You do fall from a height. And even if you fell from height, we'll pray for you. There's healing for every disease. If you break a bone, God will strengthen it back. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's read that Psalm 92. You see that old age is not a disease. What we want is verse 14. We just want to do some Bible reading. Let's start from verse 10. Oh, no, let me see. Let's start from verse 5. We're reading Psalm 92, reading from verse 5. We're all the way to verse um, to the end, which is verse 15. But where we want to jump particular verse, just want to take some uh, plenty reading. One, two, let's go. How great are your works, O Lord, taught that very deep. The senseless has no knowledge. Nor does a stupid man understand this, that when the wicked sprouted up like grass, and all who did the iniquity flourished. It was only that they might be destroyed forevermore. But you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies will perish. All who do iniquity will be scattered. For you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil. And my eye has looked exultantly upon my foes. My ears hear of the evildoer who rise up against me. The righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. 
it will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the cause of our God. They will still yield fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap and very green. To declare that the Lord is upright, He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in Him. So you see, health for you in old age is important to God. And you are declaring that the Lord is upright. Is that not what he says? If I'm sick like everybody else when I'm old, I'm trying to make it look like God is not righteous. Listen, we have been made righteous in Christ Jesus. He said, he said, if righteous man, see, what we just need to do is walk according to the righteousness of God. Let's not say we have been made righteous, we are now walking like we have not been made righteous. Let's talk about that briefly. Christians can't afford to be walking in sin. It's poison. You are cutting off the grace of God. You know the illustration I use a lot of times? Assuming I have a friend, a dear one, he has advanced cancer of the lungs. And they said to cure him, we need a lot of money. And I'm not the one collecting presidential nomination money for APC, so maybe I don't have that kind of money. So I sell my car, and I sell the plus of land that I have. And we're able to raise the millions and we give to our friend. He goes for this particular unique treatment that's very expensive but very effective. And they cure him of cancer of the lungs. We, his friends, are now broke because he was sick. We don't have land anymore because he was sick. We don't have cars anymore. We sold our cars. Remember, three or four of us raised about 120 million naira for him to go for this high-tech treatment somewhere near Switzerland. Then he now comes back. They will go and greet him one day say, Ah, hey, Ambrose, we hear you are back and you are well now. And as he opens the door, he has a stick of cigarette in his mouth to say, Ah, I thank God. <laughs> let me just let you know ahead of time, I will kill him myself. <laughs> Am I killing him because cigarette is a sin? No, answer me. Is it because cigarette is a sin? No, I'm thinking of my money. There's one revelation God gave me. It's not something new. I was just thinking about it and it just struck me. That the, one, the greatest blessings in life is what your eyes see. Yeah. You will see the result of the travel of his soul and you will be satisfied. What Jesus takes joy from his sacrifice when he sees you, when he sees me. is what you see. So that money I invested in him, my joy is that he's well. Not that he's multiplied back. I hope you're getting my point. If you give money to the ministry, like Kingdom World, don't be waiting for, your joy is not when God multiplies it back. It's no, the word is moving. Like one brother told me once, he gave somebody a lift, and the young woman was talking, talking about, you know, Pastor Banky said, Pastor Banky said, ah, I didn't tell her that he knew Pastor Banky, and he actually gives to the Kingdom World Ministries. When he dropped the young woman off, he called me, he said, sir, my money is working. Because it's not a no-go here. It's very far away from here. Somebody randomly, they asked him for a lift, he just said, okay, we were closing from the office. Okay, let me drop you at the nearest junction. And they were talking. And he saw the effect of Kingdom World Ministries in the person's life. He didn't tell her anything. No. He didn't, if I'm sure the lady would have freaked out if she finds out that he had, he had my number. When he dropped her, he called me. He said, sir, my money is working. He saw the result of the travel of his soul and he was satisfied. Let's bear that in mind. So back to our story. So if I see the man healed, I'm happy. Even though I sold two plots of land and the only car I have or I had to make him cured, I'm happy. 
But medically speaking, almost everybody that there are three types of cancer to the lungs, three uh, four. Three of them are found only in heavy smokers. So if you see 10 cases of lung cancer worldwide, nine is because people smoked heavily. So when I see that guy with his cigarette in his mouth, and he said, Ah, thank you, my man. Well, I thank God for your life. Oh, you guys try for me. I need a smoke like this. I just said, Where I'm coming? <laughs> I'm going to get my jack. Since I don't have a gun. Okay, I don't have a car anymore, so there's no jack. I'm going to get a big stone. And I'm going to kill him myself. Why? He had no regard for my sacrifice. Any Christian walking in sin has no regard for the sacrifice of Jesus. That's what we are saying. So all this argument of uh, I will still go to heaven is not the issue. He can't pay that kind of price to redeem you from your sin. And when you knock him on your door in the morning, it's your side chick that's coming out of the bedroom. He will all kill you himself. You know, there's no need anymore. He said, this one, she I died for you once, now you will die for me. <laughs> he will kill you there. Why? You have no, it's called lack of respect. Lack of value. There are things you do just to honor somebody. I, are you getting my point? The little thing, there are things you just do to, to people just to show. I told that if my wife travels, just a little thing like, Mommy is coming back. I got the children. Yeah, everybody. Vacuum everywhere. Vacuum everywhere. You see children walking, walking. If you miss the house dirty, somebody going to die. No. We change bed sheets. Arrange the bed. That is, if I was lying down, the voice go, I get up, I straighten the bed. Then I go and stay outside. Just so that when she opens the door, the room is neat. There are things you do just to show you respect somebody. So don't come and be arguing with me that uh, even if I'm sinning, am I still going to go to hell? Trust me, I will send you. If God doesn't want to, I will do. I will, I will do you, you, have, you lack respect. I should send you to hell on his behalf. So please, let's get that clear. Some of these arguments we are having, this morning I was really watching my name. And he explained that, look, that uh, it's something I've said before. I told one, one day one guy was talking with me. I was talking, talking. Hey, no hell. There's no hell. What do you mean? God did. When he finished speaking, he's a, an intelligent man. But was talking so irrationally, I had to stop and say, boy, wait, do you humanize? He said, what did you say? I said, your talk is not making sense. I said, do you humanize? Someone we were in school together. He said, he said, no. I said, are you sure? I said, talk to me. Since you married, there's been no other woman in your life. He said, just like maybe like one or two. I said, I left. Him. I said, he said, "What am I?" Saying? I said, "You sound like somebody who's a chronic adulterer. They are the ones that what you are saying makes sense to, because they have to deaden their conscience." So I narrated this, this to somebody else. He said, "Ah, you don't know him." He said, "Let me tell you his nickname. I'll give you the one he gave me. Not, I won't give you the one he gave me, but I'll give you another one." He said, "His name is Bulldozer. <laughs> Any woman he sees." I said, no wonder. I said, the guy was just talking nonsense in my ear that day. It was obvious he was trying to hide iniquity. So some people are coming to be arguing with me. If you're a Christian, I read Watch Money this morning. Watch Money said, watch their lives. They are very immoral. Oh, I said, bro. So it was Watch Money wrote that thing. Maybe 1930-something. I can't remember the exact time. Long ago. I said, oh, it was happening your days too. 
Please, nobody should come and tell me. If you have been saved, live like you are saved. If you have been saved, live like you are saved. If you have been made righteous, live like you have been made righteous. You have been washed. That's it. Live like you remember it. Whoever is not adding to these good works has forgotten. So that my friend who probably would have waste our money and be smoking. If we, are, if we his friends carry him and throw him off the building and he dies, government will leave us alone. They will just come and say, what happened? They say, okay, this guy sold two plots of land. I sold three. This one sold his only car. I sold my only car. This one, children didn't go to school for one, one year because of him. What happened? We paid for advanced treatment for his advanced breast and lung cancer. He's now smoking. Police will now shoot his dead body. <laughs> The Lord is good. So we have been made righteous in Christ Jesus. And we are going to continually live righteously. In the name of Jesus Christ. He now said the righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord. That is where he's feeding on God's word. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still yield fruit in old age. I said God doesn't understand retirement though. He doesn't understand it. You can change what you are doing, but he doesn't understand retirement. You're not going to sit down and be causing trouble. See, many of these boys who are doing, uh, the, uh, the, what do you call it? Sit at home on Monday, sit at home on Tuesday. They don't have work. Busy people don't do sit at home. If they want to protest, they carry placard. They protest from 7 a.m. to 9 o'clock. They open shop at 9 30. <laughs> they go back to construction site. They go to go and do what they have to do. Say, declare sit at home. Why are we sitting at home? Do you know the guy who voiced this one of these last sit at homes? Somebody took his picture and put it on Twitter. He lives in Lagos. He lives in Lagos. And you see, people sit and say they refuse. Brother, let's go out. Hmm? And please give the feedback. Say, oh God, why you know they talk? Because if our God tells us, go out, we will. It gives feedback to some important people. So we are saying. What am I trying to say? You can change what you do, but God does not expect you to be tired. He does not expect you to be weak. So this is the promise of God concerning you, child of God. You who have, re- who have received the righteousness, the free gift of righteousness that is in Christ Jesus. You are going to run in this life. Somebody say Amen. amen. He said, planted in the house of the Lord, you will flourish in the courts of our God. Amen. You will bear fruit in old age. Amen. You shall be full of sap Amen. and be very green. Amen. It's not for your own sake. Oh. It's so that you will show that God is upright. Health in old age is a sign of God's righteousness. Amen. What did I say? Say it. Health in old age is a sign of God's righteousness. Say it again. Say one more time. Listen to me. This body that we have right now will pass away. Amen? Amen. But before it does, it must be fit. Before it does, it will be kept alive, full of service. Amen. Say after me. Say the same spirit, the same spirit that, raised Jesus from the dead, that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me. Dwells in me. 
and is giving life to my mortal body. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me and is giving life to my mortal body. Is giving healing to my mortal body. Is giving strength to my mortal body. Say in the name of Jesus. Put your hand over your eyes. In the name of Jesus. Clarity for my eyes. Put your hand over your head. Say in the name of Jesus. My brain will not shrink in old age. Listen, and even if you are old now, they told you to shrink it. Have you heard of Alzheimer's disease? It's not the portion of the child of God. Amen. I rebuke that spirit of Alzheimer's in Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody listening to me, they've told you you have Alzheimer's disease. Now I'm telling you, you don't have Alzheimer's disease. Amen. You cannot have Alzheimer's disease. Amen. We activate the promise of God over your life. Amen. We command that brain receive life. Amen. Even if you had had a stroke before, receive life. Amen. Listen, God is not done with raising people from the dead, though. Raised Lazarus after four days. I don't want to tell you what the, the state of the brain of a man who's been dead for four days. So a portion of the brain died because of stroke. I command it to live again. Amen. Why? The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is dwelling in you. And right now it is giving life to your mortal body. Amen. He said, even though the body is subject to death because of sin, yet the spirit will give it life because of righteousness. Amen. Upon that promise, we hang our hope. Amen. Upon that promise, we build our lives. Amen. And I declare to one who is sick, receive life in Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone put a hand over your head again and prophesy in your own words. You won't lose your memory. Azamalis is not your portion. Stroke is not your portion. Tumor in the brain is not your portion. This brain, you will remember things clearly. You will be discussing with your children and your grandchildren and you will be remembering things accurately. You will be reading books. You will not become slow. Now lay hands on any part of your body you want this power to flow into. Lay a hand over your chest, over your legs. Just lay hands. If I just wrap yourself. <laughs> Say in the name of Jesus, receive life. It's the promise of God. It's the promise of God we are dealing with. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us and is giving life to our mortal bodies. So the righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. Fruitful. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Grow very high, very tall. He said, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the cause of our God. They will still yield fruit in old age. They will be full of sap and very green. I like the way he said it. I'm very green. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no wickedness, no unrighteousness in him. You will remain strong to proclaim that the Lord is upright. It's for the uprightness of God to show that he's upright. In the name of Jesus. Quickly, Psalm 27, another promise. Psalm 27. We're going to read the first six verses. Everybody, if you are there, say amen. Amen. One, two, let's go. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? Pause. Think about that. No, I said pause. 
You have 30 seconds. Think about it. Repeat that to yourself again and again. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. Say that to yourself again and again. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. So why should I be afraid? That's what New Living Translation says. The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? The Lord is my light. It's my illumination. It gives me direction. It shows me what is right to do. It's my salvation. It's my deliverer. That's what it means. So why should I be afraid? Afraid of what now? What? What? What is bigger than the Lord? This is the promise of God. He said, the Lord is my fortress. Protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? I will not tremble, Lord. I will not tremble. I receive the spirit of boldness. Fear lives my life. I receive boldness. I receive boldness. Fear lives my life. I receive boldness. In the name of Jesus. Because the Lord is my light. And is my salvation. And is my salvation. In the name of Jesus. Let's read verse 2. One to let's go. When evil doers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamped against me, my heart will not fear. Though war rises against me, in spite of this, I shall be confident. Verse 4. One thing I have asked from the Lord, that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to meditate in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock, and now my head will be lifted up above my enemies around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Somebody say amen. Amen. I said somebody say amen. Amen. Please, let's open our Bibles quickly to Isaiah chapter 53. I want us to talk about divine health. We have said it, old age is not a disease. The final word on your life is not your genes. It's the promise of God. The final word on your life is not the doctor's report. It's the promise of God. The final word in your life is what God said. We are building our lives on his promises. Isaiah chapter 53. It's a very well-known portion of the scriptures. For time's sake, we are just going to read two verses. We are reading verses 4 and 5. Are you there? He's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the whole world. Who was crucified for our sake under Pontius Pilate? Who was punished, nailed to the cross? Who shed his blood for the redemption of mankind? Before he did that, he said, This is my body that is broken for you, said to his disciples in the Last Supper. This Jesus, the Bible tells us concerning him, verse 4. One, two, let's go. Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteem him stricken. Smitten of God and afflicted. But it was pierced through for our transgressions. It was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And by scourging we are healed. 
Now I say to you, you are healed. Amen. Forget how you are feeling for a moment. Let's talk about reality. You are healed. Amen. Forget how you are feeling for a moment or how you have felt for a long time. Let's talk about the promise of God. You are healed. Amen. We are building on that promise. We are not building on our experiences. We are building on the promise. We are not building on our desires. Amen. We are building on the promise. We are not building on human capabilities. Amen. What did he say? He said himself took our infirmities. He took away our diseases. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. By his stripes we have been healed. He himself carried away all our troubles. Everything that belonged to us, he took them away. We say, this is a promise of God. It's a word of God concerning everyone listening to me. Who has believed in the Lord Jesus. By his stripes you have been healed. Amen. Wrap yourself again with that promise. Just like put a hand around yourself. Say, by his stripes I have been healed. Say, healing is working in me. Healing is working in me. The healing power of God is working in me. The healing power of God is working in me. In the name of Jesus Christ. Alright, quickly let's go again. We'll read two more uh, of these promises, or three more. Let's just do two first. Quickly, the book of Psalms. Psalm 121. You know, if you read um, most Bibles, they put number one as a real question. Like, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. Say, Am I supposed to look at the mountains? Is that where my help will come, my help will come from? That kind of a question. So usually if my house, when we are declaring this, we just take from verse two. We don't bother to ask the question from number one. We just answer it from verse two. I will try to get a visa to travel abroad. Is that where my prosperity will come from? That's the question. I will run away from Enugu and go to Abuja. Is that where my safety will come from? That's what he's saying. That's that verse 1. He said, I look to the mountains. Does my help come from there? That's what, if you have new living translation, that's exactly how he says. He said, does my help come from there? He said, no, 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 that's not how it works. Verse 2, let's go. My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. Please, can you pause for a moment? Let's personalize it. It was speaking to us. So let's personalize it. Let's start again from verse 2. My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not allow my foot to slip. He who keeps me will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is my keeper. The Lord is my shade on my right hand. The sun will not smite me by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect me from all evil. He will walk for my soul. The Lord will guard my going out and my coming in from this time forth forever. Amen. This is the word of God. Though. The Lord will keep you. The Lord will protect you. Amen. From seven troubles, the Lord will deliver you. Amen. In eight troubles, evil will not come near you. Amen. The angels of the Lord will surround you Amen. and deliver you from all troubles. Amen. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, Amen. so does the Lord surround his people. Amen. Listen, that's what we build our hope upon. The protection of the Almighty. Listen, trouble troublemakers will not find you. 
I mean, they find you, they've just lost their strength. Amen. They have lost their strength. Amen. They say, I don't care where you live. The Lord will cast his protection over your abode. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Angels will rest on your roof. Amen. They rest on every window in your house. Amen. They rest at your door. Amen. They rest in your walls. Amen. By the command of the Almighty, you are protected. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Do you know, Nehemiah was going to go back to, you know, to Jerusalem. And the king offered him protection. And he looked and said, ah, but we told him that our God now, that the big God. And they were carrying money. So they told the king, don't bother. They went to go and pray. Before you worry, please just go and pray. You know, they say, why worry? When you can pray. Some people say, why pray when you can worry? We choose to pray. See, there's not, you know, we're talking about, this is a school of prayer. What you do when concerns come? Is to kneel down and say, God, eh, please, where's your basket from where that it, where we can put our consent? Cast my body up. In fact, sometimes, you know, I, I tell you about these faith extenders. When you want to pray, you should go and pack something. Wrap plenty of clothes, put it on your head. And kneel and say, Lord, and throw it. <coughs> cast my body upon the Lord. <laughs> yes, cast your bodies upon the Lord. <coughs> Lord, take. It's important. So when you have fears, don't worry about it. Get on your knees. Pray until the fears disappear. How do you pray? Christians like to talk too much. We said it last time. How do you pray? It's simple. Number one, talk about the Lord. Talk about his works. Are you getting my point? Talk about his promises. Thank you. That's number two. Then next, lay down the problems before him and tell him what you want him to do. And it's not hard. Lord, they say this neighborhood is dangerous. Lord, I want you to note that they are not as dangerous as you are. You know, they are, you know God is very dangerous. Eh? Yeah. When danger sees God, he runs away. He doesn't have to talk. He just stands like this. Danger says, senior danger has come. He's very dangerous. Say, God, dangerously danger my danger. Say, Lord, that's what I'm asking for. Keep me from all harm. I like the way God does things. Sometimes you are kneeling down there. You are praying. Next you open your eyes, it's morning. <laughs> you wanted to just pray so you can, you can go to sleep. And maybe around that it was 11 o'clock. They said they, you had gone short here. They had this one here. So you knelt down to pray for protection for the night. Then God will cast the spirit of sleep on everybody in that household. When you say, in Jesus' name, amen. He said, everybody, we're almost late for work. That this God will make you sleep from that 11 till morning. That's what he does. What's his promise? Your help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And this God does not slumber. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day. He will keep you from all kidnappers. In the name of Jesus Christ. They type people in the bush, you will not enter the bush. Well, those who are aiming for your life, they have lost their own. It's not the way I like it. It's just the way it is. Let's leave it like that. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in Amen. from this time forth and forever. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Why can we live here without reading Psalm 91? We, uh, we are talking promises. You live Psalm 91. What would you say is your issue? Eh? You came to church to read promises. You didn't read Psalm 91. How can? How can you not read Psalm 91?
He said, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. He now said, I will say of the Lord, what? My God in him my trust. He now said, it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper, from the snare of the trapper, and from the deadly pestilence. And under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and bulwark. Now, I want you to understand, you will not, now just say amen to this, you will not be afraid of the terror by night or the arrow that flies by day. You will not be afraid of the pestilence that stalks in darkness or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not approach you. It will not approach you. You can see these things happen, but they will not come near you. You know why? Because you have made the Lord your refuge. You have made the most high your dwelling. Amen. Say, the Lord is my refuge. The, Lord is my the most high is my dwelling place. For that reason, I say to you, under the anointing of the Lord, no evil will befall you. Amen. And no plague will come near your tent. Amen. No plague will come near your home. Amen. No plague will come near your car. Amen. No plague will come near your office. Amen. No matter the place... I mean, what it may be around. Once it's your abode, the protection of the Almighty will be there. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, let's read it together. Personalize it from verse 9 to verse, um, uh, to verse 10. You say, the Lord is my refuge. Lord. Yeah, let's read it together. The Lord is my refuge. The Most High is my dwelling place. No evil will befall me. And no plague. Let's do it one more time. The Lord is my refuge. The most high is my dwelling place. No evil will befall me. And no plague under my tent. One more time. The Lord is my refuge. The most high is my dwelling place. No evil will befall me. Nor will any plague come near my tent. In the name of Jesus Christ. You know why? Because he will give his angels charge concerning you. They will guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands. So that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Dangerous things in this life, lions, cobras, you will trample them down. Amen. The dangerous serpents, you will trample them down. Amen. You will tread upon troubles as if they are not there. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now because of your love for the Lord, this is what God says concerning you. He said, I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. Amen. He said, you will call on me and I will answer you. Amen. I will be with you in the time of trouble. Amen. I will rescue you and honor you. Amen. With a long life, I will satisfy you Amen. and let you see my salvation. Amen. Says the Spirit of the Lord concerning you. Amen. If you believe these things, take at least one minute to tell Him thank you. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. You are good. You are great. You are mighty. You are good. You are great. And you are mighty. Alright, please bring out your papers, let's sing and then we'll go. On to let's go. Standing. great and magnificent promises by which you have made us partakers of the divine nature by which you have given us life 
You have given us self-control. You have given us the love for righteousness. You have given us the love for truth. You have made us by these promises the light of this world and the salt of this nation, the salt of the earth. Lord, we give you praise for all of this. Lord, let your name be glorified in our lives in the name of Jesus. Lord, we have one desire that people who want to know you will point at us. Mm -hmm. We want to reflect in everything that we do. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen.